lower. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Black Case Diaries. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. I'm Marcy, and I have Adam and Robin. Yeah. You guys ready? Switching we are... it up this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to continue our Halloween movies for... <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, spooktober. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so our theme for the month is a Disney Halloween, and every single movie is a Disney movie. Yeah. A Disney Halloween movie. And, uh, yeah, they're not all from the Disney Channel, necessarily, like Hocus Pocus was in theaters. and That's true. But they are all Disney movies, and most of them are live action. Yes. Mm. Stay tuned to see which one's not. <laughs> so this week we wanted to continue with a Disney Channel original movie classic. Absolute. Mm-hmm. Classic. 100%. But not the one you're thinking of. It's not the one you think it is. It's Don't Look Under the Bed from 1999. Yeah. This is the first time Marcy and Adam have both seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not really classic. Not, I guess. Yeah, not classic for us per se. <laughs> um, it has swiftly become a classic though because hot damn, is it a great little movie? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it I would have watched it as a kid, I would have been scared. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about being scared, but I would have really liked it then too. It's such a product of its time, <laughs> and it will never be anything else. <laughs> They'd have to redo it from scratch if they needed it to not feel as 90s as it does. Oh, yeah. Because, mm. wow. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's an, so it's such a weird movie. I did watch this when I was a kid. And I remember loving it when I was a child. It did not scare me. But my bar for scary was kind of high. So mm-hmm. I, it was kind of hard to scare me at, for, yeah. with movies when I was a kid. So... Now it's not. It's easy. I'm afraid of my shadow now, but back then I was a little more tough. <laughs> Usually it goes the other way around. It's kind yeah. of an interesting thing. Interesting that it swapped for you. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now my brain is full of real life terrors. That I guess that's true. Yeah. Crazy. That that might be what it is. Yeah. So this movie, if you guys are familiar, anybody listening, if you're familiar with this movie, you know that it has a lot to do with the Boogeyman, which is a big part of world culture yes a very famous spooky monster yes. man yeah there's a yeah there's so many versions of the boogeyman yeah. mm-hmm. even in john wick man yeah that's right yeah. baba yaga <laughs> baba yaga that's exactly. right almost every culture has a name for the boogeyman it, it's it's insane and it actually because it's so it it's so pervasive it's it's so big and it goes across the whole world because of that. It's almost impossible to figure out where it actually came from. Mm. No one knows the origin of the boogeyman necessarily. And that's what makes it even scarier. No one really knows what it was based on or what happened. The biggest theory, of course, is that parents just wanted to scare their children. Mm-hmm. And so they, they came up with this very vague creature. If you don't stay in your bed. Yeah. That's why you stay in your bed with the covers over your head. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Because, you know. The boogeyman will get you if you're outside of your bed. So there are different names for the boogeyman. Some people call him boogie. Some call him, call him bogey, the bogeyman. I don't know if whatever. whatever. I mean, 
If he comes from your nose. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to say it, yeah. And it ha- he has appeared in almost every culture around the world. It's most commonly a creature that scares or punishes misbehaving children. And in some cases, the boogeyman is a ghost or spirit. Actually, most often, it's a ghost or spirit. And every once in a while, it's a demon or a witch or something mm. that's... You know, More physical. Yeah, physical. An actual creature. Uh, a hobgoblin. Seems worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it exists everywhere, the boogeyman remains to be one of the most frightening creatures of all time. Almost every version lurks in the shadows, has terrifying eyes, and preys on disobedient children. Yes, and a lot of times lives, specifically lives under the bed. Yes. When you're in your room at night and you have to flip off your light and then run to the bed, the boogeyman is in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. When you're running up the basement stairs after you turn off the light, the boogeyman is what's chasing (laughs) you. Velociraptors, too. You can feel the boogeyman. The boogeyman is mm-hmm. it's always there. The 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 same dread uh we've talked about this in other episodes, but the dread of like the unknown and the dark, just as it is, that's kind of the same feeling, just what's in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the one of the most common ways to, for people to describe what is in there happens to be the boogeyman. When I was a kid, I believed that something chased me when I ran up the basement steps. Oh, yeah. I believed it, and I sometimes wished I could look back and see what it was. Because <laughs> I knew something was back there chasing me up the steps. I I full, wholeheartedly believed it, and I always slammed the door right as I got to the top because I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't want to let it into the house. Oh, know? man. Here's, here's, a, here's a good Halloween decoration trick-like idea. You just put something on the back of the door... No. <laughs> so that when the door is slammed, you hear a second yeah, thud. Yeah, like, like something the door hits the door. Closes and boom. <laughs> after the door is closed, so something was chasing you and ran into the door. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Terrifying. Spooky. I feel bad for your kids when you have them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's the thing I'm not going to do that because I hate being scared. So I don't want to. I'm going to scare my children. <laughs> I definitely, I know it. It's in my genes. I have to yeah. do it. <laughs> the first recorded use of Boogeyman was in the 16th century, though. Historians believe that it was most likely around much longer. But the the first time it was actually written down as Boogeyman, that's, that was, it was like in the 1580s at some point around then. And they think the name could have come from the old English word bug, <laughs> hmm. which means something frightening. It's spelled B-U-G-G-E. Okay. I looked at different pronunciations for it. I thought maybe bugue would be what that, how would you say that? But mm. apparently bug is how you say it. Oh. Okay. I don't know anybody who speaks ancient English, so. There's <laughs> <laughs> no reference there. The, the yeah. boogie woogie bugue of the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and the name boogeyman is related to bugbear, which is a goblin in the form of a bear that eats children. Yikes. Yeah. Fun. So they're kind of related. Possibly, very, quite yeah, possibly. Yeah, sounds pretty similar. Yeah. It also could have come from Boggle or Bogle, which is also known as a Bogart, which if you guys remember from Harry ah. Potter, uh, Bogart is used in Harry Potter when it's the thing in the closet that tra- it takes the form of anything that you're afraid of. Oh, mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. It's all so, coming together. Yeah, so it could, or bogey. And this is a Scottish word. Uh, Bogle or Bogle is a Scottish word. And so I actually talked to one of our friends... One of our podcast friends on Twitter, her name's Siobhan. Nice. Siobhan Clark, she runs the Myth, Legends, and Lore podcast. That was how she told me it would be pronounced. 
And so I just wanted to give her a little shout out. Yeah. That's how Thank I... Thank you, Siobhan. Yeah. So it's also possible that the, that the boogeyman was originally thought of as a hobgoblin. And uh, it, hobgoblins are not necessarily evil or bad. They just kind of scare you. Mm. And they play pranks. Mischievous. Yeah. yeah. So hobgoblins play pranks. They're little... Yeah, they're mischievous. They They do all kinds of you know, crazy little things, sometimes they're known to be evil and they could possibly scare someone to death. Oh. But generally, that's not what a hobgoblin does. It, it's it's like a nuisance, but it's not necessarily something mm-hmm. that's going to kill you, which is more of the direction that this movie took with the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Something that's playing pranks and kind of being all around just in the way and annoying absolute pain in the ass yes yes <laughs> that that's more kind of, of the ruining boogeyman. your life not killing your life off mm-hmm. <laughs> yes that's more the direction they took with this movie which makes a lot of sense since mm-hmm. it is at the end of the day a children's movie yes <laughs> so that's pretty much all i've got for what we have on the boogeyman where the boogeyman comes from i'm sure there are lots of great books you can read about the boogeyman if you're interested mm-hmm. in reading more so uh, this movie, it was directed by Kenneth Johnson, who is who directed an also a, a very very well known mm-hmm. Disney Channel original movie. Some of pe- some people's favorite Disney Channel original movie called Xenon Girl of the Twenty First Century. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you're a moron major. So what? <laughs> oh man! How I'm dare wrong. you call me that? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> because I haven't seen this. Whenever I think of the 20, 21st century, I, I it, my my mind immediately goes to twenty second century. Ah, uh, yeah. Phil of the future. Yeah. Which is another Disney Channel classic. <laughs> it's a little later. It was a little after True. this. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Xenon Girl of the twenty first century is a pretty popular movie, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that she says. She's you know you're a moron major. Gotcha. It's they they predicted the slang of the twenty first century and they didn't predict it well. <laughs> Yeah, we say lit they, and fam now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, their guess was good, is as good as any. Yeah, yeah seriously. Fleek and... Uh, oh, yeah, oh, man, I haven't listen, heard Fleek in a minute. Listen to these old people talk about slang. You guys. Gosh. Yeah. So, says the know. oldest person on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeet, okay? <laughs> yeet that attitude right out of here. That's <laughs> definitely... Oh, Lord. A dab uh, on the haters and all that, right? <laughs> God. I can hear us remember, getting older. I, I remember know. when I said... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Don't Look Under the Bed got a PG rating for a Disney Channel original movie, which is actually pretty rare at the time. Yeah. The only other movie before it, I believe, that had a PG rating was Halloween Town, mm. which isn't nearly as scary as this movie. Yeah. So it's interesting that that got a PG rating. I and mean, this... my only guess is some of the visuals Maybe. of Halloween Town. Yeah. Not the necessarily cab the driver. spook factor, but yeah. He was my favorite. Yeah. For <laughs> Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess there are there are moments in it that did spook me maybe a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah, when the film actually got a PG rating, the filmmakers were forced to attend a lot of meetings to make sure that they weren't making the movie too spooky. It had to be a little bit spooky, but not too spooky. Yeah. And they had to make sure they were walking that very fine line. Mm-hmm. Man. Ugh. The, yeah. It, it's just just spooky enough with some of the, specifically the transforming 
yeah into a boogeyman mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later but yeah that's that's probably the spookiest it got but yeah there's probably so many rules uh, who knows mm-hmm. oh yeah so the original boogeyman was a dark creature with kind of like feathers mm-hmm. they described him to look more like a crow and uh, he was going to be kind of shadowy, and you'd mostly be able to see his eyes. I was going to say, maybe like, where you couldn't discern his actual shape. It was just, yeah. the feathers were so mangly that it might just, you couldn't tell what he really looked like. Yeah. Hmm. That's terrifying. Something more like that. And they decided that that might not be the way to go with this. Mm-hmm. They thought it was a little too scary. So they the production team decided that they were going to make it more Victorian, kind of more like old English which is interesting because Which there is are a lot terrifying. Of, yeah, there's actually a lot of old English, you know, references in the boogeyman culture. You know, there's a, a lot of things that I was finding was mm-hmm. that boogeyman. The word, at least, has co- that that word that I, you know, the word that we know as boogeyman came from old English. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that they would mm-hmm. do that. So they went for a little more of a, a Victorian look. Yes, I'm going to eat you, child. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they also had him speak in rhyming couplets yeah, to make him, hilarious. yeah, make him seem more lighthearted, whimsical, mm-hmm. more of a prankster. Yeah, yeah. Your attempt to fuse it didn't work. Now I'll get you and this imaginary jerk. And it's funny. It's kind of like how they did in Jim Carrey's The Grinch, where. You can tell when he's turning, ju- you know, he's finally gone over the edge because he starts speaking in rhymes and it's, mm-hmm. he, you know, you notice. It's like, oh God, rhymes, <laughs> no. Just like yeah. the Grinch. I had totally forgotten that he spoke in rhymes until we rewatched this movie and I thought, why is he speaking in couplets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The entire time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so Francis is a young teenager and a gifted student dealing with entering high school before all of her friends because she has skipped a grade. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, she's a fan- fancy smart smart cookie. She's sensible and straightforward and looks at the world very logically. She doesn't want to appear childish to her peers and parents and was forced to grow up quickly after her younger brother was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, so... This movie is a lot more complicated than people remember. I think Mm -hmm. that the thing about it is that, you know, you have this silly plot with the boogeyman and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's mirroring what's actually happening in these kids' lives. Their younger brother had cancer. They were all very freaked out about it, obviously. Right. Yeah. The older brother is a, you know, he's, he's exactly what you would expect from an older brother. Mm-hmm. Marcy has five Many. of those. Seventeen of them. <laughs> yeah. Five older brothers, I think. Yes, right? five. Yeah. So she would know. But yeah, he's very, very typical older brother. Then you have this overachieving young girl, and then the little, this cute little boy who had cancer, and uh, he is in remission. They say in the movie, but but you know it's remission. It's not necessarily you know it could come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's kind of this looming threat over the family, and, and this is kind of a sad situation because you have the, you know, Francis dealing with the fact that, you know, she had the opportunity maybe to help her brother by donating her bone marrow, but she didn't do it. And mm-hmm. her older brother did do it. Yeah. And he's this hero, and she, 
she just feels like you know he he didn't really he doesn't deserve hero status you know it's more he's not really a hero she kind of says it a couple times yeah he just laid on a table he didn't really do anything right because she's trying to she's trying to justify that you know that she didn't do it yeah Yeah. which i think at some point they do say that she wasn't a match Mm -hmm. but she was glad she wasn't a match Mm-hmm. She would have been. She didn't want to Too do it. Too scared to do it, mm-hmm. right? Which you know, she's fourteen years old. That's not that crazy. She would be afraid, right? To do that. I mean, it's, the it's terrifying. I- <laughs> yeah, the idea of surgery of any kind mm-hmm. is scary, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's something minimal yeah. like that. But e- even tooth type things, where yeah, you get yeah. a cavity. Even that's exactly kind of scary, especially mm-hmm. when you're a kid. Yeah. yeah. What you said about me being relieved when I couldn't be a donor. It's true. I was glad I had to be Bert because I was scared. So she has a lot of guilt. And this is, you know, so that's kind of, and the movie starts with all of that. That's like an underlying thing in mm-hmm. the very beginning of this movie. So it's actually a little sad. Yeah. And the boogeyman thing is this fun plot for the mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And then you've got this, you know what I mean? It's a little more complicated. Yeah. Then it, you know. So the story begins with a series of practical jokes from clocks being turned ahead to an egging of a teacher's car. As the youngest person in her class, Francis becomes an easy target for blame. Out of all the pranks that the boogeyman does throughout this movie, those two (laughs) are probably the one is the worst and one is the one (laughs) I don't understand. Like, (laughs) <laughs> Most of them, the boogeyman has to be there and is doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the clock one, how? <laughs> I know. How did he do it? How did he do to it? To every house in the neighborhood. How did he do it? Yeah. And secondly, that poor, poor teacher's car. Yeah. With, you know, when you think about egging something, you think maybe like one carton of eggs, maybe two. <laughs> yeah. This was probably. 30 cartons of eggs right, on this yeah. poor man's car. So the the thought is the boogeyman went into everybody's house in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, turned the clocks ahead three hours or so. So everybody woke up at like four in the morning. Yeah, and mm-hmm. stole and stole everybody's eggs. And then kind of hoarded them and then, you know, dropped them all on this teacher who, okay, poor teacher, I agree. Why is the teacher parked right in front of the school? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> He's like parked in front of the flagpole. And why Why does he trust to, because it's a convertible. He, he, the teacher has a convertible car. <laughs> Which is and open. he decides yeah. to leave it open. We're not victim blaming here. Like we, it, the teacher, right. it's obviously Bogey's He's fault. Prob- because Boogeyman is the one who did it. He's but. probably parked there before and everything's been fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm just still. curious as to why. Like is he, is he teacher of the month? Also, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to watch again. But how close was the car to the building? Not that close. Okay, so. It's crazy crazy how the eggs yeah it's because how do they get to the car the (laughs) eggs and in the shot it obviously looks like they're dropping straight straight down down. Mm -hmm. yeah and not at a curvature yeah so this boogeyman is really interesting because it's not necessarily a ghost it's physical Mm -hmm. it's like a physical like you could touch it right but also not physical in that you can't see it yeah Mm -hmm. you know larry the character larry that we'll talk about in a second uh is also imaginary Right, but they can do very physical things. Yeah. They can't be seen mm-hmm. because they're imaginary, but yet they can still interact with the real world a lot. Yeah. 
It's a it's a it's a weird middle ground. Yeah, they live in this really weird in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physical and eth- ethereal world. Yeah, yeah, imaginary. Yeah, yeah. So all of these practical jokes and strange occurrences keep happening, and during them, Francis meets Larry, an imaginary friend who explains that everything is being caused by. The boogeyman. Yeah. So Larry and Francis team up to stop the boogeyman from destroying her reputation. It's it's nuts because especially when I was a kid, I didn't understand how her reputation was at stake. It, it seems so unfair. Everyone <laughs> uh-huh. is blaming her for everything, and it's weird. Yeah. yeah. It seems that is she the new kid at the school? Yeah. Or? So she skipped the eighth. Oh, grade. that's right. Right. She skipped. So yeah. she. Everyone's already gonna have her like because the teacher immediately blames her the teacher her favorite teacher she gives him all this data she's collected about everybody's clock and he thinks that she was she was testing to make sure the joke worked which okay i can almost buy a boogeyman sneaking into everybody's house and doing this Mm -hmm. but an actual human being sneaking into god how many yeah like a whole neighborhood yeah 400 people's houses i think what it was supposed to be was that she had orchestrated it oh yeah she contacted all those students and was like hey okay how about you tonight make sure yeah but it's so odd that he would, like, because she was investigating it after it happened. Yeah. So it's like, how, <laughs> and why would she be talking to them after? Right. You know? Yeah, none of it makes, like, they're, they and just really want to blame the somebody. The other thing is that the teacher said that his clocks were set back. Does he have a child that is, lives right. with him? That, that's a really good point. Yeah. And, and another thing is, like, if, if a kid, it, if back when we were in high school, if, if somebody had said, "Hey, set your clocks three hours ahead," it'll be really funny. <laughs> I would not do it. Yeah. I would not do it. It'd be like what and wake up right. at four in the damn morning. <laughs> right. I don't think so. I my favorite like, what? yeah my favorite detail with that part was that the dad had to check the with the military to find out what time it was. <laughs> he calls like the army. Yeah, he like it's or like whatever. Because I was watching it, I thought, oh god, how do they figure out what time it actually is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all of their clocks are mm-hmm. ahead, yeah, including the big like tower of yeah. the city. There's a clock tower. Yeah, and so everything, everything was ahead. Yeah, there you go. What it's, a smart move, Dad. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and what's interesting is that nowadays, like the only thing you could really change back is like the microwave and the stove clock and everything. Most everything else is automatic. A lot of, yeah. a lot of alarm clocks now are automatic, yeah. or most mm-hmm. people use their phones if to wake up. If it connects to the internet at all, then it's yeah. probably got an automatic clock. Right. Yeah. So unless somebody like messes with the whole internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> time well, yeah. hackers, time hackers, hackers. Yeah. time hackers. <laughs> That's a great movie. New movie. <laughs> That's my favorite. Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, so this movie focuses on an interesting idea. What happens to your imaginary friend when you stop believing in them? It covers the issue of children being forced to grow up before they were emotionally ready and how a lot of circumstances are beyond their control. And uh, I saw there was an Entertainment Weekly article where they ranked the top 30 Disney Channel original movies and they placed this one at 27. And I read the little blurb that they wrote and they mm-hmm. said that it was unoriginal, and oh. I disagree oh. with that. I actually, I think mm. that there were aspects of it that were unoriginal, mm-hmm. but I do think that the idea of your imaginary friend turning into the boogeyman if you stop believing them too early mm-hmm. is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. yeah. 
I nowhere else have I heard that. Yeah, I think that it was actually a pretty good, interesting idea, and it seems pretty original to me, especially when I. You know, we talk about what's original now. Mm-hmm. I mean, by today's standards, that's absolutely original. Yeah, seriously. I mean, <laughs> what's the most what's the most um, well known imaginary friend out there right now is probably um, what's his name from Snuffleupagus. No, no. Well, yeah, oh. that's a good one. That is a good one. But I'm thinking of the one from Inside Out. What's his name? Oh, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Thank oh, you. Yeah. He's like you know, pretty prevalent because that was a big successful movie. Yeah. And the idea of him just being forgotten, that's just what it is. And right. that was it. Mm-hmm. Just things being forgotten. This takes it in a different direction where if you purposefully stop believing in it or forget it too early, then it will cause yeah. trouble for everyone. There's, yeah, there's a line in the beginning of this movie because I rewatched part of it with Marcy today. And mm-hmm. Francis says in the, in the early parts of this movie, you shouldn't waste any time growing up like before you grow up you know like you, you should just become a grown-up basically mm-hmm. what she was saying like you shouldn't Being you shouldn't waste is, time is a waste yeah yeah and uh, it's really interesting that's such a weird take for a kid to have because mm-hmm. i was a kid that did want to grow up at all right i yeah. did not want to i knew what was coming yeah and i did not like it i didn't want it to happen <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the so it's an interesting thing because what happened with her was that because her brother had cancer, she was forced to grow up a lot faster than an average kid because she had to deal with this really big thing Mm -hmm. that occurred. And uh, this is something that happens to kids all across the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, you know, it's a common problem. And I think it's interesting that from a, a slight, a very slight psychological perspective, it's an interesting concept yeah something that's Mm -hmm. definitely not talked about yeah in the average movie you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. and let alone a disney channel original yeah it's it's a pretty heavy topic bring up cancer much in these movies no No. and to be fair it's not a big plot point in the movie right the fact that it was cancer or anything like that but post trauma yeah yeah is is what they're talking about and how it affected her mental state she's very adult but she's only 14 yeah was it mm-hmm. yeah she's only 14 and she wants to like take care of her little brother and she thinks that the best way to take care of him is to just give him a bunch of science and facts mm-hmm. and it, and that's going to comfort him and help him more stop than, believing yeah more stuff. than magic because magic isn't real so mm-hmm. why why would mm-hmm. you fill his head with all of these things that aren't going to help him and give him a false vision of the world when he's going to think that everything's going to be okay, but that's not necessarily true. And the people that you should put faith in are people that are like doctors mm-hmm. that are going to help you and save you, not mm-hmm. people like your imaginary friend. That's why. That's why you told Darwin to stop believing in me. To show him you knew more than he did. No, he needs to believe in his doctors, okay? Something real? That's how you stop being afraid. You grow up and... Reality. I had to help him do that. Mm-hmm. That's right. that's her stance. Yeah. It's more, yeah, more the logical aspect. Like, how can I get better? How can I do this? And mm-hmm. think, okay, well, yeah, what's something real yeah. that we can do? Yeah, yeah. And it's you know this idea is that childhood is important, and you know even though they're going, he's you know he went through this. It was it was important for him to to keep the his child his childhood innocence. And not necessarily just jump right into 
mm-hmm. being an adult. Because and... how old is he? He's like... He looks like maybe... Six? Yes. Like, I'd say somewhere young. between six and eight years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He so, had leukemia. Yeah. And to, and to be forced to be an adult at that age would be such a mind... Yeah. Boggle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he still does child things. He plays yeah. with toys and... He's into dinosaurs, man. He's mm-hmm. BFF mm-hmm. over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so what happens in this is that Larry, the character that... Francis meets was her little brother's imaginary friend but when Francis convinced her younger brother to not believe in an imaginary friend anymore Larry finds her and says you know the boogeyman is causing all these problems we need to stop the boogeyman they kind of team up together and then this is you know she realizes that Larry is slowly becoming a boogeyman Mm -hmm. because the same thing happened where she stopped believing in her imaginary friend too early and uh, it's the same thing with her little brother. Right. So she's seeing it happen firsthand because you wouldn't see your own imaginary friend become a boogeyman because you've already forgotten them and stopped believing in them. So she's seeing it. But my question, I don't know if they ever explain this in the movie. How does she end up seeing Larry? They don't really explain it. Okay. I think no. it's because they. Larry claims that the man inside your head, the guy <laughs> who sings all the songs that gets stuck in your head, <laughs> sent him to her okay and so i'm guessing that's the only reason Mm -hmm. okay that makes sense because the boogeyman is affecting her that's the reason she can see larry Mm -hmm. i find it a little bit odd because she can't see the boogeyman right away Mm -hmm. right because the boogeyman has the same thing you can't see it if you don't believe in it yeah even Mm -hmm. though it's still affecting you and obviously (laughs) like yeah some of the things in the later parts of the movie we'll talk about but it's just a little strange how she can then see him. But I guess if it's like not so much Larry deciding, but some kind of like the leader of the imaginary yeah, there's friends like, there's this organization. At, some being at some, at some level of power that is kind of pulling strings. Yeah. yeah. It, especially because why would he be following her mm-hmm. or be around her? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know. And, and for the beginning of the movie, he's he doesn't know that she can see him. So he's following her, and she's like, why is this guy following me? Mm-hmm. So when Francis and Larry team up to destroy the boogeyman, there is this device that they have called the Temptrifuge, and it is supposed to, they're, they're supposed to lure the boogeyman in using this boogie mixture, this boogie goo. Yes. And they, they have this Temptrifuge that is supposed to, basically they, they switch it on, it destroys the boogeyman. Yeah, it, the idea is that it, whatever it's connected to, will age very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I guess the only way to defeat the boogeyman is to have it age. I, I guess I don't understand why that works, <laughs> but I get how yeah. it works. Yeah. So in the original ending, that was how it ended. They flipped it on. It worked. The boogeyman died. That was the end of the story. But the director and everybody working on the movie decided that the solution to the problem could not be something that was outside. It couldn't be an outside source or weapon. Mm -hmm. The solution to the problem needed to be within Francis. Mm -hmm. So they rewrote the ending to be Francis no longer being afraid of the boogeyman, and that is what takes away its power. Yep. Very similar to kind of like the labyrinth. Yeah. You have no power over me. Over me, me. Right. And then she starts to believe in her realizing that the boogeyman is her imaginary friend. Yeah. Starts to believe in her again, and 
obviously debugifies. Right, (laughs) right. So that was kind of cool. Also, at the end of the movie, there's a kiss between Larry and Francis. And it's an interesting moment. Yeah. We just watched it, and uh, it seems... To us, it seemed a little out of place, but the thing is, I was watching it again with Marcy too, and you can kind of tell Francis is attracted to him Mm -hmm. throughout the movie, and they Mm -hmm. kind of they kind of put push it a little bit from the beginning. Like they see Francis sees him just sitting on some rocks, looking back at yeah, and she's like, "Hey, look at that guy! Yeah, yeah, that guy's checking us out. Yeah, ooh, a high school guy. Yeah, yeah." But. Yeah, so she's attracted to him. So this is a really interesting moment at the end of the movie where Francis wants to play with her imaginary friend again. Mm-hmm. She's 14, and she just started believing in her. And her imaginary friend says, uh, dog, you're too old for me now. <laughs> you know, like, I, I love you, and I, I'll always love you, but you're too old for me now. But, but I believe in you. I, I believe in both of you. The time to believe is when you're little like Darwin, when you still need us. I don't want to lose you again. You won't lose me, Franny. Not as long as you remember me. Like, you can't believe in me. Yeah. And she doesn't get it, so Larry kisses her to show her, yes, you're too old for imaginary friends. <laughs> you're too into boys now. Yeah, yeah, because sex exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's... You, you, you want a different companion. Yeah, it's time for you to try something else. Yeah. There's something else that you, and that's what the that's the point of the kiss at the mm-hmm. end of the movie. He, it's not because he likes her; he's just showing her. It's not, you know. Unfortunately, I don't think it's super. It, it's conveyed super well that that's what it was for. <laughs> it took me a second, but then I figured it, it out. It is so out of place. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when you think about it, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's he was just showing her, and actually, what happened was. <laughs> So when they cast, they they cast Ty Hodges to play Larry. And uh, w- when they did so, there was no specific race of the character. They had no, no reason to mm-hmm. cast mm-hmm. somebody because of their race. And so he's African-American. So the director thought there was no problem. And uh, Disney called him and they said, what about the kiss at the end of your movie? And Disney, he was said i i don't understand kenneth jeff kenneth johnson is his name the director's name and he said i don't understand your question what's wrong with the kiss at the end of the movie yeah and they said well it's an interracial kiss and uh, we think that some of our some of our audiences are going to be mad about it and so they almost cut it from the movie but he he really fought for it he said i I don't understand he because to the director he felt that it was a really important moment because it was it was the moment Francis really becomes an adolescent. Mm-hmm. She's a child mm-hmm. in the you know beginning parts of the Finally, movie. Finally, she actually grows up. Yeah, this is the moment she actually you know kind of becomes older, and so t- it was an important visual moment for for the movie. And the director really fought for it. And finally, Disney said, "You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right." It's the end of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. We should have no problem with this. There mm-hmm. shouldn't be any issue with it. Right. So they kept it, and uh, he says that it was the most rewarding part of being the director of this movie. Aww. So What I thought was weird about it is, like, how does she feel that? <laughs> He's, imaginary. He's imaginary. He's imaginary. <laughs> but then thinking about it again, looking back, well, he was able to, like, pull things out of the cupboards and cook mm-hmm. yeah. in her kitchen and, yeah. and, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of stuff. Right. So it's yeah, being not... imaginary is super awesome. Yeah. You can you can materialize all this shit. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's, just appear yeah. in different places. It's awesome. And sometimes you can touch stuff, and sometimes you can just like disappear. Yeah, it's you awesome. Be in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that oh, moment. That yeah. was another moment where they kind of teased the fact that she was attracted to him because mm-hmm. she hops yeah, out of the shower yeah. and she looks in the mirror. He's in the mirror and she's like, "How long were you in there?" Yeah. By this yeah. point, she's already in her like robe yeah, and towel up and all. That. How yeah. long? Yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't answer the question, which is a little. Just moves on. That's a little that's pervy. That is. Yeah. A it's a little weird. creepy. I didn't love that. That was a little. Yeah. But there were actually a couple moments in this movie that were a little dated. For example, there's a moment where he's like dumbfounded. Larry is dumbfounded that Francis's dad does the, does the chores. Yeah, does the household chores. <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. He said, "Oh, you know, I, your dad does the chores," and she said, "Yeah, he likes housework." Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a weird. It was a weird moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a couple things like that in this movie, but it's all in all, yeah, good movie. yeah, yeah. The, one other moment that I find kind of silly. I mean, I guess I get it because she's she's in such denial. She doesn't want to believe that this oh. is all happening. But for the longest time throughout most of the movie, she's just not convinced that Larry is imaginary. He's like, that can't be, even though she's witnessing him do all these impossible things. Mm-hmm. And then not believing in the boogeyman, not believing in the boogie world living, you know, that's under her bed. But then she eventually goes into the boogie world with him. Yeah. And then at some point, she still says, well, I don't believe in this. <laughs> Listen, Francis, you are in the boogie world. You're in it. Yeah. How can you not believe in it still? Pinch yourself, girl. Like, you're it's, so close. You're there. You had a roller coaster ride in a tiny car that was now big. <laughs> That was such a that's I love that when they go and under she, the bed. Yeah, and she crashed into a roller skate <laughs> yeah. that then fell off the cliff and was gone forever, I guess. <laughs> but do you not find that roller skate ever again? Yeah. I know like, that yeah, because there is a moment where the boogeyman almost straight up straight up murders her brother. Oh, yeah. He's gonna toss oh, yeah. him over this cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. and I, in, cool. in my head I thought because because visually the way they do it is you go into the boogie world by you know crawling under the bed but then once you're in it you're now on the side of the cliff you're like yeah you go from like horizontal to vertical through this portal right yeah so in my head i figured that if something were dropped off the cliff it would shoot it would back out of the shoot back out the bed. the bed yeah but i guess not i don't know <laughs> once you're in the boogie world you have to go back Very out the right strange. way or you did <laughs> the other interesting thing i noticed is that there are multiple shots where they show this doll in her room oh. turn its head ah, and they yes. did it multiple times it's probably the same shot reused over and over and i i realized that the doll looks a lot like her imaginary friend zoe the long curly hair, the old style dress, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I think they—I mean, yeah. they must have—they had to have done that on purpose. They had to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. that doll. If you ever watch this movie, it's available to buy on and rent on Amazon, everybody. But if you ever watch this movie, do a drinking game. Yes. <laughs> For any time something turns its head and looks at her, mm-hmm. it's very funny because so it happens. It happens so many times. Yes, there's a skeleton, a, a sculpture, pig, a pig mailbox. Oh, yeah, pig mailbox. <laughs> Who has a pig mailbox? Yeah, and it, nothing comes of it. No, everything. It's it's just this weird, creepy feeling. 
and it showed us every time it, like the music will change anytime something spooky is about to happen the the camera will suddenly have this really tilted horizon yeah it'll tilt it's so funny it's so <laughs> it's exactly like adam said it's a product of the time yeah that's exactly <laughs> what that was it's so oh my god so this movie we've got some actors yeah oh, yeah. yeah it's starring aaron chambers as francis bacon mccausland what a and, great name yeah and aaron chambers was actually 20 years old when they filmed what? this movie <gasps> what She's playing a 14-year-old girl. Holy shiz. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I bought it hook, line, and singer. Yeah, yeah me too. I know. She looks very young. Wow, oh, that's man. incredible. Because I would have said, at least, you know, 16. oldest. Yeah, 16, yeah. 17. I'm looking up what she looks like now. Yeah, she looks really good, actually. I was yeah. Looking, I had a picture of her earlier. Wow. Yeah. Ty Hodges as Larry Houdini, also known as Eric Hodges. And interestingly enough... He also played Lair, a character named Larry on Even Stevens. If you guys ever watched oh. Even Stevens, he played Larry Beale, Ren's arch nemesis, and the guy I definitely want her to, to get with when I watched that show. Steve Valentine as the boogeyman. He does a lot of voice work now. Yeah. I can't think of anything specifically that he does, but he does do voice work. All right. Rachel Kimsey as Zoe. She also does voice work, and she's the voice of Wonder Woman in a lot of different projects. I saw a lot of stuff. She's nice. the voice of Wonder Woman. That's really cool. Yeah. She, that's Zoe. That's her real imaginary friend before she became the boogeyman. Jake Saxon. That's right. Boogie person. Boogie person. That's what she said. A boogie person. Yeah. Jake Saxon as Darwin, the little brother. Stephen Toblowski as Michael McCausland. I'll never forget his voice. He got a really interesting voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And the Goldbergs, he played the principal. Yes. Yeah. I remember him now. And Robin Riker as Karen McCausland, the mom. The film was received okay. Uh, there were a lot of complaints. Disney oh. actually stopped airing the movie wow. after a bit because a lot of parents wrote in and and they said it scared them and their children. Wow. Really? This movie's 20 years old. Huh. How did it scare them, I wonder? I don't know. It didn't scare me, but it scared lots of kids. Like I said, I... I don't know. I was a weird kid. <laughs> I think I think the corn, like the cheese and corn factor, is too high. Yeah, for it to be too At scary. At least for me. I, I yeah. Don't know. So yeah, they did. They did take it down because people. But now it's available. Now they do show it on Disney Channel, and it's on streaming services, mm-hmm. so that you know you can watch this movie now, and it's a great movie to watch for Halloween. It's good. Yeah. The movie was filmed in Utah, and the scene under the bed was a specific special set that they built. Wow. It was an amazing in Salt Lake City. set. Like yeah. that must have been so much fun, like yeah. making and creating all the pieces to that. Or oh, yeah, it just oh, it felt it felt so tangible because there were moments where they were interacting with pieces of the set. Mm-hmm. But but it, the set was so cluttered because it was supposed to be under the bed. Yes. Right? there was so much clutter. Oh, there were so many good details. Yeah, 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 you couldn't tell what was going to be interacted with. You know, in some cases you can just tell like something seems a little bit out of place like that's the thing they're gonna mess with right Right. like there's a there's a moment where they walk on an old sandwich <laughs> yeah. yeah it's awesome and it looks squishy yeah, yeah. it's got the plastic exactly bag on it still yeah. it even yeah. has a bite taken out of it it's so cool i love she, it she knocks a book over to to her initial attempt to take care of the boogeyman yeah and like i said earlier she goes on this weird ride in like a little hot wheel car yeah Sweet. Yeah. 
So since its airing, this movie has appeared on many best of lists for Disney Channel original movies, often cited as the scariest. Many people find its imagery and plot more intense than other PG DCOMs, especially, you know, for example, Halloween Town. Yeah. So yeah, it Dang. it definitely. A lot of people think this is a scary movie. I'd um, I'd have to go back and rewatch Halloween Town. I think because if. You know, there were troubling moments of Halloween Town. I remember yeah. when I was a kid, there's a moment where the skeleton cab driver becomes evil. Mm. And he, that is, that was really troubling for me when I was a kid watching it. I remember not liking, it wasn't that I was afraid of him. I just didn't like how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's kind of how, that seems like that maybe. Because I think in the original Halloween Town, that's what happens, right? People, they all get angry or something. Or... I, yeah. It's been so long. Happens. I just, it's, yeah. I don't yeah. remember, but I do, I, I remember that movie being a lot more popular at my house. Oh, my yeah. My sisters really liked that movie. And Halloween Town was so popular. Yeah, it was a really big one. They'll probably show it even this year. Yeah. You know. I remember when we were in first grade and it came out and it was so popular mm-hmm. kids would be say kids would say oh, i can't wait i can't wait i'm gonna go home tonight i'm gonna watch halloween town <laughs> it was like you know everyone knew it was gonna come on a disney channel so did you guys have imaginary friends you know what i i seem to remember that i did but i couldn't tell you a name or i couldn't tell you a lot of details <laughs> i know he, i know that he wore a black shirt wow oh and had brown short hair much shorter than mine is right now yeah but as far as anything else i i i don't remember it's so strange because almost everyone i know had an imaginary friend mm-hmm. really? and so it's crazy to me because then it's like what is that <laughs> what is an imagine why do we have those yeah what i, I guess that did you have one i don't remember having one i think i remember just playing more with stuffed animals and stuff and the mm. those stuffed animals that kind of having imaginary their own yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly i imagine my stuffed animals were my babies yeah and then when i went to school i was going to work Aww. oh cute That's and i come home from school like oh well you know and it was a tough day it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, kind, it's kind of strange how i f- sometimes i feel like it mine is lingering a little bit I'm not saying that I see my imaginary friend or anything like that, but like I'll find myself talking to no one. Oh like, yeah, or just talking to myself out loud. Sometimes that's me. I do that. I, I do it all the time, and it's like I feel like that's a residual effect of having an imaginary <laughs> friend. Like I used to talk to one, yeah, who wasn't there, and then instead of it going away entirely, I just don't. I just continue to talk to no one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe it's just a way for us to begin our communication skills, having somebody to talk, to practice talking to, to communicate with, yeah. um, you know, that, that kind of mm-hmm. interaction without actually having an interaction, yeah. but kind mm-hmm. of beginning those skills, yeah. that skill set. When I was reading about this, I found that a lot of psychologists believe that imaginary friends don't come from loneliness or being troubled. I guess this is kind of a common misconception. But they do say that generally imaginary friends come from lots of unstructured playtime where a child will be by themselves for long periods of time and it's just an extension of their imagination. They create this person to talk to that does actually help them with their communication skills. And it has been found that children that had imaginary friends have done better 
with communication as they got older. It's interesting. Yeah, I had an imaginary friend. His name was Monster. Nice. And I don't remember. I know I drew a picture of him. Mm-hmm. So I remember that picture. So I, I know that that's what he looked like. And my brother <laughs> sat next to me and he said, how do you know what he looks like? How do you? He's imaginary. <laughs> how do you know what he looks like? I remember he'd ask me questions uh-huh. like that. Because I drew I drew pictures of him. And he said, why did, why did you give him big old bulgy eyes? He probably doesn't have big old bulgy eyes, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. He doesn't have you. that much hair. How do you know he has that? You know, he'd ask me yeah. questions like that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I did draw pictures of him, so I know what he looked like. But yeah, he was a monster. Um, a black, huh. he was a big black furry monster with big bulging eyes, apparently. Oh, man. Yeah. Huh. And I, 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 that that was, I guess, my imaginary friend. <laughs> I, so you had a demon as your... <laughs> <laughs> That explains a lot. <laughs> yep. No, okay. I, I'm, I wonder if there's any science behind personalities and mm-hmm. like what kind of friends we come up with, right? Like, right. mine was just a person, mm-hmm. and then yours was a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yours was more of like put upon toys, right? Right. What does that say about us? I wonder if, yeah. if anything. I mean, maybe it doesn't mean anything. We're all pretty. You know, everybody's unique, so right. everybody's imaginary friend would be unique too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I wonder if there's like a correlation between people whose imaginary friends are more human-like and then others that yeah. are just kind of yeah. it crazy. Is, it's interesting too because, like, my niece Leah, she had two imaginary friends, oh. and her imaginary friends were such a big part of her life mm-hmm. that, and I just don't think mine were that big. I mean, to a point where she, my my sister-in-law, would lay out fake food. Mm-hmm for the imaginary nice. friend you know Aww. stuff like that because it was and her it would be her imaginary friend's birthday mm-hmm. and lee would come downstairs in her dress and she'd say hey i'm going to this you know going to so-and-so's birthday today mm-hmm. we're gonna eat some cake you know it was like yeah. very oh. elaborate and my sister becky had i joked that she had an imaginary posse <laughs> and she had three imaginary friends Whoa. and wow. she used to pretend to play jump rope with them she would lay her jump rope oh out my gosh. on the ground and then she would just jump over it on the ground Aww. pretending that her imaginary friends were swinging the rope while her real life siblings were inside <laughs> watching her do this oh no becky <laughs> i would have played with you becky <laughs> and uh at one point i actually pretended to be my sister's imaginary friend so that Aww. she would spend time with me Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. How did yeah. how did that go over? Uh you know, she totally bought it. Really? Yeah, I would change my voice and I would go out the front door and shut it, and then I would knock, and when she answered it, I was oh. the imaginary friend. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's so you that became cool. part of her posse. Nice yeah. work. You're, Thank you. An You're a master there. of disguise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I didn't have to do anything. I just changed my voice. I mean. <laughs> people people make a lot of money yeah. doing that. Yeah. I wonder if another theory is that uh it's people's guardian angels. Ooh. Yeah, I've I've heard something like that. It, it's it's a similar thing. Mm-hmm. You're not maybe not as interactive with a guardian angel so much, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe it's it could be. Yeah. If especially if a kid really needs one like Darwin in this movie for example. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. You could kind of say that Larry is acting as one yeah. because he's not just an imaginary friend who's just playing with him or whatever. He's going out of his way to help him. Yeah. You know, something that the average imaginary friend may not do. Because then yeah. they don't really explain what happens to them after 
mm-hmm. they the kids grow out like right. naturally grow out of the imaginary friend right they that kind of true. just you know because zoe was like i'm you know you're too old for me now yeah but what happens to you, Zoe? Yeah. Where are you going? Maybe she are finds you... a new kid. Maybe there's a finite number of imaginary Maybe. friends. <laughs> you know, thinking about that, if there's a if there's a higher power kind of pulling strings, the man in his head, quote unquote, you know, uh-huh. telling him where to go. Maybe it is some kind of imaginary organization, kind of like the fairies in Fairly Odd Parents. You know, oh, where there's a there world of them, and they are, and they are. They live by a set of rules, mm-hmm. and they are designated to kids in need, right? Right. Okay. So that could be an interesting That's way to look at it. So Zoe, Zoe is done and mm-hmm. is going to go back and then be reassigned, whereas Larry is probably going to stick around with Darwin for a minute yeah. because mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, he believes in him again, you know? Yeah. So... That's interesting to think about, and then yeah. any, and, and then if they get, that's a risky job, because if you stop being believed <laughs> in, then you become a boogeyman. I know, yeah. a, rough, a boogie rough, person. That's a rough job. Yeah, but yeah, my sister Rita had an imaginary husband, and oh wow, yeah, his the, name was Goofy. The next level. She'd be, she was about four years old. We have it on film, and my dad would say, "Rita, where, where's your husband? Oh, Goofy? Well, he's lying around here doing nothing." <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Oh, it's I amazing. love. I love picturing that as the Goofy. <laughs> Him just like laying on the couch, just doing nothing. Pinocchio was a, another imaginary friend of hers. Nice. Pinocchio was their baby. Oh. Their child was Pinocchio, and her wow. husband was yeah. That's great. Yeah, and then Dad says one day she came to the kitchen table and they said, "How's Pinocchio doing?" And she just said, "He died." Oh, and that was it. She oh. never mentioned Pinocchio ever again. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was like that was her way of saying, I'm done with that. I don't have an imagine. It was like a, it's what over. What a stark wow. way to I just div- feel like. I divorced Goofy and my Pinocchio son died. Died, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. That's like, they're probably both boogeymen right now. <laughs> that sounds like a quick, quick release of those two. Yeah. Oh, man. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I thought it might be fun to talk about our childhoods there for a second. And yeah, it was oh my gosh, yeah. it ties right into this movie. <laughs> it does. So check it out. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. If you should definitely see it when you can. It's like we said. It's you can rent it or buy it on Amazon. But I guess if you want to wait till Disney Plus comes out, it's probably. Sure it I be bet it'll be on it's there. It's gotta be on there. And what was the drink of the week? Yes, yeah, so the drink yeah. of the week was Boogie Goo. Ooh. It was a strange concoction this week. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of gym socks that are really dirty. You know, that kind of stuff. Same kind of stuff, stuff that, that he put, Larry put it in put in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, so you can check that out on our Patreon site. Uh, at just Patreon... <laughs> Patreon.com slash Black Case Diaries. That's right. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. You're welcome. And while you're there, check out the benefits. I mean, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know? There's some other cool stuff. We're going to have some behind-the-scenes stuff on there this week. We're going we're gonna to release some exclusive Patreon episodes. Yeah. And, of course, as always, the Drink of the League recipe will be free, so you can go yeah. on there and look at it. Yeah, try to make some boogie goo and tell us if you make any modifications to it. Yeah. Because Dude. this drink, in particular is just like an open door to just nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> because nobody really knows what's in Boogie Goo. No. So it could be anything. That's right. And everything. 
Precisely. You can also check us out on Instagram. Uh, I always forget this, guys. I am so sorry. Uh, At Black Case Diaries. Podcast. Podcast. Thank you. And on Twitter, at Black Case Diary. That's right. Way to go, Mars. Thank you. I remembered one out of two, so not too bad. Yeah. And also, check out our website, blackcasediaries.com. Why not? Yes, please do. All right. Go for it. All right. I think this is another case closed. My hands missed each other. <laughs> wow. It's okay. We did a second take. All it's right. Fun. There we go. It's See you next spooky. week. <laughs> Real people get scared, Fred. It's perfectly logical.